Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Shalom. This is Yiska Smith coming to you from Pardes in Yerushalayim. Welcome to the 11th episode in Preparing to Experience Inner Freedom and Liberation through the lens of Rav Cook's commentaries on the Haggadah Shel Pesach. So we are now at the point in the Seder, in the Haggadah, where we are discussing and learning about this teaching from Rabban Gamliel. And just to remind everyone, refresh our memories, that Rabban Gamliel, Eitana, was the first, this is Rabban Gamliel II, the grandson of the original Rabban Gamliel. He was the first person to lead the Sanhedrin after the destruction of the Second Temple. Second Temple was destroyed in 70 CE. Rabban Gamliel assumed the leadership of the Sanhedrin after that, and then he himself passed in 114 CE. And there's a part in the Haggadah where he mentions, Rabban Gamliel Haya Omer. This is what he would say. And try to picture, he's in the very shadow. He's he, not even in the shadow. He himself actually was in the trauma of the destruction of the Second Temple. And this is what he's teaching as the president, as the leader, as the Nasi of the Sanhedrin after the destruction. He would say, he used to say, whoever has not addressed these three subjects on Pesach, has not fulfilled one's obligation that's required of us at the Seder on Pesach. And they are Pesach, meaning the Korban Pesach, the Korban offering, the offering of the Paschal Lamb, Matzah, the, talking about Matzah that we're going to eat, and Mawah, talking about the bitter herb that we will eat. So yesterday, I shared with all of us an, one of Rav Cook's insights on matzah, because we're asked, what is the purpose? Why is it important to mention matzah? Al Shuma, for what reason? And it has to do, the reason we eat the matzah, we recounted the whole narrative in Exodus 12, 39, that we didn't have time for the dough to rise. That's the traditional reason we ate matzah, that there's this sense of leaving. We were driven quickly out of Egypt. We didn't have time to tarry, nor did we have time to prepare any provisions. So the dough did not have a chance to rise. I'm going to share in this episode, episode 11, another insight from Rav Cook. Rav Cook teaches as follows, the poverty of the bread, what we refer to as lechem oni, lachma anya, oni is poverty. The poverty of the bread, what does that mean? And the hasty exodus from Egypt dictate the very form of the matzah. So just in your mind, compare a flat piece of matzah, compare that to these beautiful loaves of halot that we eat on Shabbat. 
the loaves are full of all types of seasonings and flavors, different shapes. There's a lot to them. When we look at a piece of matzah, it's not very dramatic. It's very plain. The hasty exodus was the divine plan to revolutionize Israel in a way that would never occur had Israel gone through the evolutionary process that nations normally undergo as they emerge. Instead, all the great energies that slumbered within the soul of the people during hundreds of years of Egyptian bondage suddenly erupted to the surface. This is part of the haste. We felt this awakening from above as if we were being shaken up. From lowly slaves, they were transformed overnight to a cultured, godly nation. What does that mean? Meaning, by the time we arrived at Harsinai, seven weeks later, that's not even two months. 49 days. What a transformative process. That never happens if one studies anthropology. If one studies how different cultures emerge, seven weeks is nothing. We went from a lowly slave to a person who was able to say at Har Sinai, seven nishma. We will be mamlechet kohanim to the world. We will be a kingdom of priests, a goy kadosh, a holy people, a special segula, a special nation. How did this happen? The reason behind all of this was because there could be no admixture of the previous Egyptian culture in which we were steeped in. We lived in it for many years, for over two centuries. The, the cultural influence that Egyptian idolatry exerted over us was renounced prior to the slaughtering of the Korban Pesach, of the Pesach lamb. We read in Exodus 12, 21, Parshat Bo, in the Midrash, the Midrash interprets this phrase, mashchu ukechu, draw out and take. So one of the interpretations of draw out, meaning the Peshat is, we're going to prepare the Paschal Lamb. This was the command that on the 10th of Nisan, we would choose a lamb, bring the lamb into our home, keep it in our home for, for four days, and then Erev Pesach, we would then slaughter it. And that evening on the 15th, we would eat it. So that's the command, draw it out and take for yourselves the lamb. However, the Midrash gives a different interpretation. Mashchu means draw out of yourselves. Any identification, any trace, any behavior that in any way represents idol worship, Abu Dazara of the, of the Egyptians. Once you do that and you're emptied out, that's the idea of limshoch, to pull out, to draw out, then you can take the lamb. Once Israel was devoid, Rav Cook continues, of any national culture from Egypt, 
that's when they were ready to have stamped upon them the divine form through the Korban Pesach, which then led us to leaving, which then led us to arriving at Har Sinai, at Mount Sinai. Hashem alone guided him and no foreign God was with him, meaning Israel. In Deuteronomy 32.12, Parshat Azinu, Hashem badad yanchenu ve'en imo el nechar. Hashem badad. We have the phrase bidud during the uh, pandemic in COVID when we have to isolate ourselves into quarantine, self-quarantine. It's called bidud. It comes from this word in the Chumash. Hashem badad. Hashem alone. Hit bodadut. When we talk to God alone. Hit bodadut. We seclude ourselves. Here Hashem by himself, no other foreign God was with Israel. Again, this sudden revolution, rather than a gradual evolution, a sudden revolution, rather than a gradual evolution, was necessary in order to receive the Torah. The least trace of a foreign culture would have prevented the sanctity of the Torah and the divine form unique to Israel from impressing them. We had to be without flavor, without a lot of form, without bigness. We had to be emptied of all of that. We had to be flat. The symbol for this cultural tastelessness is the tasteless matzah, bringing Israel forth, motzi, yitziyat mitzrayim, from the nations, engenders matzah, unleavened and tasteless bread. According to the Zohar, matzah is actually what's called the, in Aramaic, michla da'asvata, the food of healing, ma'achal ha'rufu'ah, also referred to as the lachma de mehem nuta, the bread of faith, lechem emuna. Also the raza de mehem nuta, the secret of faith. This is from the Zohar 2, 183b and Zohar 2, 41a. The halacha states that the matzah fit for performing the mitzvah of this night can only come from the five species of grain, wheat, barley, spelt, oats, and rye. Why? Because this is because only these species have the potential of becoming chametz, of, of rising and becoming leavened. Ba'im lidei chametz. Rice, for example, would not ferment, but only spoil. Therefore, it is unfit for the ritual eating of matzah. That's talked about in Mesachet Pesachim 35a. Lamed Hey Aleph. There is a great paradox here. Only the matzah, which has the potential of becoming chametz, is the desired faith. This is the mechla de asvata. This is the lachma de mehemnuta. Elsewhere, there occurs an even more radical statement on this thought. Rav Cook teaches that faith in its purity can only come through the possibility of disbelief. Only when there's the possibility to not believe, does belief, does emunah, does trusting in God, 
bitachon, emuna, have meaning. This is the faith predicated on intellect, not on irrational thought. The Talmud says an infant does not know how to call Abba and Ima until he or she has tasted grain. What does that mean? For this reason, Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that the Eitzadat Tovara, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, was in fact wheat. Intellect has the potential for corruption. And one must be exceedingly careful that it not go awry. But the alternative, a faith that is not rooted in intellect, that is just irrational, is no alternative at all. So eating the matzah is our statement that, just as a child learns to say Abba and Ima through the intellect, through the intellectual understanding, this is my Abba, this is my Ima. We cultivate a belief through using our minds, which then can open up the heart to then cultivate the love of God, the awesomeness, the respect, the amazing sense of majesty, Yerat Shamayim. But first, Emunah must come through the intellect. The, the same intellect that can try to convince us that there is no God. And that's why we eat matzah. That's the secret of matzah. So I want to bless you. I want to encourage you. I want to invite you. When you eat the matzah at the Seder, eat it in silence. Contemplate this thought that you're eating the food of healing. You're eating the bread of faith, the secret of faith. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I look forward, Be'ezrat Hashem, please God, to sharing episode 12 with all of you tomorrow. Kotu v'bhitra'ot, shalom, shalom. Thank you to our Pardes faculty. And a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning. And visit www.pardes.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardes.